welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. My guest today is Roberta Perino Clinton. Roberta is the program director at Moms for Moms NYC, dedicated to helping and empowering women through her community activism and professional endeavors. She spent over a decade of her professional life in corporate America in marketing and strategy roles in the financial services and technology industries before transitioning to helping nonprofits and women-owned small businesses. Roberta has her MBA from the Diamore McKim School of Business at Northeastern University and a Bachelor of Science in Rehabilitation from the University of Connecticut. In her spare time, she enjoys learning about different cultures through food and travel with her husband and two sons, reading, baking specialty cakes, and working out. Hi, Roberta. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. Hi, Tess. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So for those um, who don't know anything about you, would you please tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am the program director for an organization called uh, Moms for Moms, and we are a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, uh, and we support single postpartum moms in need throughout the city. Um, I am a mom of two and, uh, you know, my kids are a little bit older, so not has demanding of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but of course that, you know, that function actually never goes away. Big kids, big problems, I suppose. Uh, but not so much problems for me. They're good kids all around. Um, and, uh, what else would you like to know? Well, okay. So, um, I, I was reading your bio and so you worked in corporate America in the marketing, financial, and technology industries for over a decade before you transitioned yes. to working with nonprofit. <laughs> I mean, what attracted uh-huh. you to work with nonprofit leaving corporate America? And why women, women in owned indus- industries or what, women owned businesses? So I think I've always been drawn to wanting to help um, women um, in business and and start businesses and build businesses and whatnot. But I never really focused on that per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. Um, my background's a little bit varied. I mean, when I went to college, I studied rehabilitation and biology, and really? uh, I always thought I'd, I'd go. To, yeah, I thought I'd go to med school and then med school, if not med school, a DPT, and then maybe do med school, but. It just wasn't in, in my cards, I think. Um, mm. So I backpacked throughout Europe for a couple months after I graduated. And then when I came back, my parents were like, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, so I, I, oddly enough, I don't even remember how this happened, but I applied for and got a job on Wall Street at, at Solomon Brothers, uh, which was kind of unusual because I worked in foreign exchange for um, – some time, and I was working with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds and uh, who were also analysts in different departments, and we worked really hard, really long hours, but we played hard, too, so we had a great time. It was a great sort of foray into the business community, although I never really knew how I got into business from rehab and bio, hmm. um, and, you know, after a few years at Solomon Brothers, I thought I really needed to go back and get my MBA um, and really have a solid foundation in business. 
So I did that. And when I graduated grad school, I stayed in Boston and I worked for Motorola uh, in strategic planning and corporate development for a few years until they closed that office and asked me to move to Chicago. Um, I love Chicago, but Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's just too cold for me. So I really wanted to get back to New York. So I I went to work for American Express for um, about a decade or so in marketing. Um, and I did that until I, uh, until I got married. Uh, actually when I was married, I commuted back and forth from New York to Boston for a few years oh, wow. until we had our first child. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, it really wasn't bad. I mean, honestly, it was like a normal commute because I took the shuttle, oh, um, okay. up at Friday night and I returned Monday morning. Uh, my husband and I actually split that. So one weekend I'd go up and stay up there for a week and work up there. And then one week he'd come to New York and work for a week. So it was actually, it was great. Mm. Um, but then, you know, I had my first child and that actually wasn't very doable. Um, so I, I left Amex. Um, but I really wanted to get back to New York. And I kept telling my husband, I just want to go back to New York. I want to go back to New York. So he actually got a, a job in New York, actually on Long Island. And I said, that's not exactly what I meant when I said I want to go back to New York. (laughs) You know, but I was lucky and um, I was able to actually go back to American Express part time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the recession hit and they wanted me to go full time. But now, you know, I had a couple of young kids at home Mm -hmm. and my head wasn't in it. So I moved on and then Mm -hmm. I, you know, did some stay at home mom stuff. I volunteered for different things in my kids' schools, um, but I really wanted more. Mm -hmm. So I started consulting to women small business owners. Um, and like I said, I had always felt like I wanted to do that. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. I thought right. maybe I'd go through the UN or something, or I, I don't know. Right. Um, and it was very enjoyable and different than corporate life. I've uh, worked with small businesses because you're usually working with owners who have a passion about what they're doing, but mm-hmm. sometimes lack of business knowledge or experience. So that's kind of what I brought to the table. Um, and it was great. And, uh, but it also had its challenges being very different from corporate America where you have, you know, nice sizable budgets and sort of are able to do a bunch of stuff. And when you have work with small businesses, they're very limited in what they could do. And and sometimes not always on board um, about what they want to do because they don't know. And so you have to sort of feed them, Mm -hmm. you know, the information and show them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, it was, it was rewarding. And then honestly, the 2016 election came Mm -hmm. and I felt like I needed to pivot my energies and focus on something different to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And much to my surprise, I then became an activist Uh and then, Uh you know, for a few years and then, you know, the pandemic hit in 2020 in, you know, March Mm -hmm. and uh, we were stuck home and feeling kind of helpless because my activism work sort of it didn't come to a halt totally, but it definitely wasn't what it was. And right. I started thinking about what I could do to be, uh, help those less fortunate than myself and do something positive. Because mm-hmm. even though I was working for change in the past four years, I didn't necessarily feel that was, um, I wasn't doing it because I loved politics mm-hmm. and activism. I was doing it because I felt like I needed to. So I discovered Moms for Moms, and I loved to miss it. Miss, miss it mission, excuse me, and I hit it off with the founder, and, you know, so here I am. That's how I got from point A to point B. I think it's amazing that you went from, you know, kind of from being in a corporate-minded business to nonprofit, all because you were trying to really make a difference somewhere, Um, you know, whether it was in 
you know, whether it was in corporate America, but you didn't find it there. So I said, all right, let me see with women-owned businesses and then wound up with Moms for Moms, which I think is pretty amazing because you really, like, you, you went through the whole gamut, kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, in different <laughs> industries as well, which in a way, you, all that experience you were able to bring to the table for Moms for Moms, which is, yes. you know, which is really um helpful to them and I'm sure you know I'm sure that it really helps them to in terms of finding their um, finding the necessities that they need um, for their customer not customers but the people that they're um, that they're doing service for so yeah. uh, I mean that that's pretty incredible though that you had this whole you know, I love that you went from maybe med school to then corporate America. And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, but a lot of people go through that, though. You have to, you, in a way, you do have to, like, find for yourself what are you passionate about? What do you really, what really gets you up in the morning? And what do you want to do that will make a lasting change, hopefully? You know, so. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think so. Um, so was there before you met, well, when you met the uh, founder of Moms for Moms, was there an Uh aha moment for you before that or like, or when you started getting involved with Moms for Moms, was there like, ah, this is where I wanted to be? Um, well, I think when I learned about what Moms for Moms was doing now, Mind you, we're very small, but Mm -hmm. when I um, chatted with um, Danielle, who's the founder, and found out sort of where she was going and what she was trying to do, that was, that was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be helping women, um, and I feel like I can make an impact, and it just, you know, I could even do it during the pandemic, which Mm. was great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because, you know, we... I mean, let me back up a little bit what we do at Moms for Moms. So, you know, we help moms in need. Um, and the way we do this is we create and distribute uh, two signature care packages um, that include critical supplies for moms, uh, what they need most after they have a child, right? So mm-hmm. we have baby bundles, which is for our newborns that includes things like diapers and wipes and bottles and onesies and hats. And I mean, it's chock full of basic but really important critical items. And then we have another um, package and it's the postpartum recovery kit. Mm-hmm. And that's filled with feminine care products and creams and ice packs and things that, you know, new moms would need. Mm-hmm. Um, these These essentials that we provide aren't provided anywhere else in government programs. Um, and it's really sad because there's like one in four children are raised by single moms and 40% of them live in poverty. Wow. Um, and in, and yeah, and in New York city alone, there's over a million and a half single moms. So that's a lot of moms yeah. and children living in poverty, you know, and sadly one in three moms struggle to even provide clean diapers for their babies. Wow. Um, so, you know, the, the pandemic has just exacerbated this whole situation. Mm-hmm. So we provide these care packages free of charge, um, and they're really designed to help alleviate some of the stress and financial burden of becoming a mother mm-hmm. um, and, you know, help them th- with their journey into motherhood. Um, since we started six years ago, uh, we served 
thousands of women um, in need and um, provided over, I don't know, 100,000, 150,000 wow. postpartum um, and newborn necessities. That's great. You know, and so when we, when, yeah, when we give these, these necessities to these moms, they don't have to actually choose between buying clean diapers for their babies or mm-hmm. feeding themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And so they can really focus on things that are important, like, you know, work and school and, and most importantly, creating a loving and securing um, attachment to the newborn. Wow. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's it's, really it's a, doing that's, good. That's an amazing, that's amazing mission. Um, and, I mean, when you started, you said you're, you're a small organization. How small are we talking about? We're talking pretty small. So full-time, um, there's two of us full-time, and hmm. then there, we have at least... Um, I don't know, maybe a dozen sort of part-time. Okay. Um, no, we're we're a hundred percent volunteer. Mm-hmm. So um, we we uh, we have you know ten or so part-time. Then we have maybe a dozen that you know volunteer. Like intern, we have a couple of interns, and we have some gals that come in and and help for whatever we're doing. We just had a big drive, a bit not drive. It's, it's actually a distribution um, in the fall. So we do these quarterly mm-hmm. and we just um, gave 150 uh, bundles or, and uh, postpartum kits to moms in September, October timeframe. Mm-hmm. And normally we would do this in the city, right. uh, but because right. of, yeah. of COVID, uh, yep. we had all our donations shipped to my home. And then I gathered a bunch of my girlfriends and they came to my house and we created these, they're pretty big, they're pretty significant uh-huh. bundles. Wow. Uh, and we stored them. I turned my garage into a warehouse. Oh, um, and we, we stored uh, the, um, the items and then we made the bags and uh-huh. the, the packages and then we had them shipped back into the city. That's awesome. So That's really amazing. It was quite an endeavor. Yeah. So I mean, we'll, do, we'll be doing another drive. We'll be doing another. I keep calling it a drive, a distribution um, in the winter. So okay. Um, so you say you do the bundles. You see the dis- you do the distribution quarterly. Um, mm-hmm. What happens if they run out? Let's say, if they need more, if, like these if women. If they need more, yeah. Well, we don't. We don't. Um, we don't distribute directly to oh, um, the moms. Okay. We go through crisis centers and we go okay. through, um, you know, other, uh, shelters. Mm-hmm. So um, we distribute that. And we also give a, a significant amount of um, items, too. So we try not to just have newborns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we give several packages of diapers and wipes and things. But we also give, like, pajamas. And we'll give zero to six, six to 12, so the, the baby can grow into okay. their items too. So it's probably, you know, from zero to something 12 and so 12 months. So mm-hmm. they're not, you know, I mean, just think about, you know, you have a daughter, just think about she's a baby, mm-hmm. how much stuff she went through, right? Yes, for sure. So uh, that, that's kind of hard. So we do try to, you know, give an assortment of ages mm-hmm. um, from newborn to 12 months. Wow. Okay, that's that's really that's great that you can do that and you're able to provide for them at least you know in the beginning. Um, yeah. And has it been with the pandemic? Has it been hard to provide the necessities and um, to them? Or I mean, has it been hard to get the distribution sent out to the shelters and and other organizations that would distribute to the women? So 
Well, as I said, you know, we have the fall, oh, right. the yeah. fall uh, yeah. creation. So we'll do that again in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be turning my, my garage into a warehouse again and inviting friends over and, you know, having lunch and stuff afterwards. Um, so it is kind of challenging right now because we can't get into our uh, office to do this with, um, you know, a, mm-hmm. a bunch of people to help out. So we'll do, we'll do it at my home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we don't really necessarily have a problem distributing once we, you know, have the bundles created okay. because we either have people come to the office to pick our uh, kits up or we help them out and deliver to their offices. So okay. that hasn't been okay. so much a problem. But the, the issue has been more of um, being able to fundraise during the pandemic yeah. uh, because, like I said, we're 100% non-volunteer uh, in this nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a little more challenging during this time. And how do you usually fundraise? Do you use, um, how do you fundraise for this? So, uh, you know, we fundraise through uh, traditional channels and we we have um, some partners that um, host uh, events for us. And uh, it would be nice to, it would be nice to have like a a nice gala fundraiser Mm. or something on a large scale, right. uh, but we, we're sort of stymied at this point. Yeah. Um, we also love when we get in-kind donations, which is also very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, you know, once things calm down, maybe in the next, I don't know, six, eight, ten months, mm-hmm. we could sort of get back on track. Mm-hmm. So do you get, um, do you ever get any reports from the places you distribute to about how, the women, what their responses are, you know, from all the bundles yes, that they absolutely. get? Okay. Yes, absolutely. They, they, our, our, um, you know, partners give us testimonials and provide oh, pictures. Awesome. Um, so we do hear feedback. We were in touch with the directors to make sure that everything went okay. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, these weren't sort of put together haphazardly. They're actually items over time. The model has changed over time too. You know, uh, when Danielle started this, six years ago it was basically her and a bunch of her girlfriends sitting around one night enjoying you know wine and cheese and she came from a single mom who didn't have very much and her mom worked three jobs just to put a roof over their head and Mm -hmm. and food on their table so with that she was chatting with her girls with friends and said you know I'd really like to do something to give back and they Mm -hmm. all agreed and they sort of uh, you know at that time it was a give back um, program and they went to some shelters and they said we'd like to sponsor a mom maybe once a month once or two months and so the mom would tell them what she needed Mm -hmm. um and then they would provide the goods at that point and it's evolved into our our signature packages where it's it's pre-packaged um but it's based on uh it's based on need over time so we know what we know what they need and what they typically request um so it's not sort of haphazard just stick anything in a bag and and hand it out (laughs) Wow. Okay. I mean, so for, do you, have you found that um, with the pandemic that there's more postpartum depression in women? You know, I mean, I mean, do you, would you know that or is that something that would I, be? You know, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily know that, but mm-hmm. I can tell you that there's more need with the, with the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we seem to, um, it, Indicate all indicators seem to say that um, 
homelessness was not increasing prior to the pandemic. And now uh, it's increasing with the pandemic, and which is really difficult because a lot of these women are victims of domestic abuse, Mm. um, sexual abuse and rape. Um, So when you are stuck at home and Mm. home's not safe, um, it's a problem. Right. So sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, I'm hoping, like you said, hopefully in the next couple of months it can level off. We, not level off, but I hope that we'll be in a better place so, you know, with the work, continue. you can continue the work that you're doing in a better space, you know? Yeah. Um, so as a mom of two boys, what do your sons think of your work with Moms for Moms? I mean, are they too young to understand or not? Oh, no, they're not, they're not too young at all. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, I know I have a 19-year-old and oh. a 16-year-old. They're, oh, okay. they're, they're not too old. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no, so uh, they think it's, I think they think it's great. I mean, they, when I first um, got involved in, in activism, they were a little uncomfortable. Um, really? But it's been four years. Oh, yeah, because I was never political and I was never out there. I mean, like, I participated in all the major elections mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. you know I just went to bed at night and just thought everything would be okay in the morning I never thought I'd have to worry about are we on the right side of history mm-hmm. um you know mm-hmm. or is it going to be we versus them it was just you know right. us and, and uh so they were uncomfortable when I started going to marches and rallies and when I'd be calling senators and congressmen and, and you know and I'd be you know making my voice known amongst there mm-hmm hear you know their friends parents and whatnot and they were kind of like oh my god and then <laughs> what are you gonna do and what sign are you making you know do you yeah. have to do this and what do you you know but uh now it's been four years and um you know I, I mean not not too long ago but i i remember saying to my oldest one when he was in, still at college he told me else but saying you know if things don't work out the way i'm hoping then i'm i'm kind of done and mm. he said what you can't be done. You can't be done. Really? You, uh, yeah. He's like, you, you can't be done. That's the giving up, Mom. You've always promised <laughs> you don't give up. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that's really amazing. Comes back to bite you a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Uh, but that's good. It's but, in a you good know, way. So when I, t- <laughs> yes, I told him. You know, so when I told him I was doing stuff, Mom's and Mom. You know, of course they were interested in what it is, and uh-huh. they're very supportive. And you know, when I started getting deliveries to my home and ordering. <laughs> Um, items and stuff. I I got two. I got two big boys here. They could help right. me carry right. this stuff in. And exactly, you know. <laughs> good for you. That's awesome. So. And it's funny. I mean, when you mentioned you know being active uh, or becoming an activist, <laughs> you know, twenty sixteen. It's so funny because I was never politically inclined. You know, I mean, I would vote. You know, I would vote for the, like every um, for the major elections. But like you said, I was never really invested in that until. Right. Of course, 2016, and that's how I met you through a grassroots organization on Long Island. Right. And you know, and I, even then, I was just like, "What am I doing here?" But then I was just like, "Yeah, I need to be here. I need to do this." You know, because again, you're like, as a mom, you're thinking, "What's it going to be like for my daughter? What's it going to be like for my right. my grandkids?" You know, and I mm-hmm. th- I couldn't bear the thought of like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you know, I was like, "Is this the world?" the kind of world I'm leaving her and, and them, you know, I, I right. couldn't, I could not just like sit back and say, and, and do nothing, you know, like so many people, they're like, okay, we need to do something. <laughs> something has to be done. And 
you know, and like what you're doing is is really empowering because, you know, so many people probably don't even have the opportunity to like do what you're doing or do what I'm doing. But at least if we're out there, you know, and they're seen, you know, and we're seen by them, they can be like, oh, I can do that. You know, I can I can right. help out in some way. So but it's it's really it's something to be proud of. And I'm glad that your boys you know, that your sons are proud of you for that. And especially, I love what your older son did, uh, what your older son said, because, <laughs> you know, because you don't know, you know, they're teens, they're like, you know, they have their own minds. And, and it's, it's, in a way, it, it, um, well, it gives you, you know, the strength to keep going, it gives you the yeah. um, inspiration to keep going. So I love that. Right. That's really that's really great. Yeah, and it's really funny too. The same, my same older child. I, you know, I, I go into high schools and colleges and natural naturalization ceremonies, and I register voters. Mm-hmm. And when I told him that I was going to come to his school and register his peers, mm-hmm. first he was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I said, I, actually, I'd, I'd like to know from you if this uh-huh. is your what your peers want." And I said, "You need to see because it's going to be asked today." And mm-hmm. um, you know, when you have this, your whole grade is together, they're going to ask. And so I want you to tell me, like, mm-hmm. from a raise of hands, how many, how many of your peers like, are interested in it? And so he came home and he said, Mom, like three quarters of the auditorium raised their hands. That's and, awesome. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and when I went in, I cannot tell you how many kids thanked us. Wow. And then he came home and he told us the same thing. And just last week, I got a call from the school saying, you know what? Um, so that was two years ago, and then this year I did it over Zoom. I registered the oh, three kids. Roberta, that's kids. great. Yeah, and they said they said I, we got calls from our kids who graduated in 2020, and uh, they said thank you for helping us register because without you we wouldn't have voted. Look at so that. So that was really yeah, really great. So oh, wow. I have goosebumps. They're, they're all listening. I have goosebumps. <laughs> that is so cool. You know, it's these these kids that are really going to you know change. Yes change our world yes and you know I mean it's funny that you say that because I'm like yep okay sure and then it's true you know I mean just the voter turnout was incredible you know and and it's it's not an accident you know they they really want to change the world they're living in because you know we're not going to be here that long you know he is and there it's their world so right. I, I love And they're really that. focused on social causes, you know, the social, yes. social and, and you know, mm-hmm. when we look for interns at Moms for Moms, we mm-hmm. get a lot of responses from young people. They are very engaged and that's they want to help. Right. And that's so promising. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and you know, they they wanna be able to make a difference. They want to make a difference. Right. You know, it's their, it's, this is their life. This is their world. They want to make sure they have a world <laughs> to, to, to right. have, you know, in the future. So I, and that's right. amazing. I love that. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's, it's really important that, you know, that your sons are making a difference, especially, you know, having a mom who is um, making sure that their lives are better you know, after all of this, you know, and, and extending it to their school, you know, did, did you even think that that would even happen, you know, or, you know, when you thought about this idea, did you think that, oh my gosh, they are okay with it, they, they are for it, you know, they're actually, they want to be engaged. 
Yeah, know? I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. So I, I had no idea. But um, you know, and the next thing is too, um, when my kids go to school, um, community service is baked into their program. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of community service. They don't have to, you know, outside of school and look for community service baked into their program. So um, I feel like this generation and, and the kids in school, and maybe that's why they were also welcoming and accepting too. Um, but I, I just find in general it's that younger, the younger audience is is more embraces what's going on and wants to do something. I mean, I remember when I was a teen, I was clueless. Mm-hmm. You know, they are not mm-hmm. clueless. They know what's going on and, yes. and they are getting involved um, and, you know, leading. And, uh, and it's pretty amazing and pretty inspiring. Well, yeah, I mean, they have, you know, they, they are re- hoping, or at least not, they're, re- they're reliant on adults hopefully guiding them, but they also have their own peers who are out there already. You know, mm-hmm. who have been out mm-hmm. there. Um, if you yeah. mention Greta Thunberg, they know who that is. Dave, do you mention Malala? You know, Yousef, they, they know who that is. They, these are the, the ones who, who kind of paved the way, but, you know, they've always been there. You know, but now yeah. they really, really are. They, they're, they're like, hey, you know what? My vote counts, and, and this is, I have a stake in this. So it's pretty yeah. empowering. I love that. Um, yeah. So, well, okay, so... When you see yourself, you know, okay, so when you're not working <laughs> for Moms for Moms um, and you're not um, out there, you know, uh, as an activist, what do you like to do? Well, what <laughs> we like to do, we can't yes. do right now, but uh, we love to travel. Mm. Uh, and that was, you know, we love to travel. Uh, we're big foodies. So, um, you know, my husband and I always had this debate when we lived in the city of, like, do you revisit the same restaurant because you love the food or do you try new ones? And I was always of the mindset where I understood you can revisit, but they stay in business. Mm. I always had to try something new because there's so many restaurants yes, to try. So, sure. um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that again. And hopefully a lot of restaurants will be, you know, available. Still yeah, in business is uh, yeah. very, very upsetting. Right. Um, no, I also I think you've seen some of my my baking and <laughs> I've seen that. Yes, I, I do do some baking. Yes, um, I know for and, a fact you uh, are, you, are, you are an amazing baker. That's awesome. Well, I wouldn't say amazing baker, <laughs> but I, I you know I, I started it because I again of necessity my younger one um, had severe food allergies or has severe food allergies. So when he was little, uh-huh. he used to go to these birthday parties and he couldn't have anything. So I used to I started making like cupcakes. I'd figure out what the theme was for the party and I'd make like these special cupcakes. So uh-huh. and he became like a kid where they always wanted whatever Christopher had, you know. Um, and so I always made sure that he had safe food with him, and that then it sort of snowballed and. Uh, up until recently, I only made their birthday cakes, themed birthday cakes, mm-hmm. um, just for them. So mm-hmm. twice a year, I'd make you know, surprise themed birthday cakes. That's really cool. But and please don't be modest. You, your cakes are amazing. I've seen. Uh, <laughs> I've seen photos, <laughs> and I've seen, and I've had the cookies. So, yes, uh, they're really. I mean, I remember that. Um, well, so I think That's it's sweet. really cool. And and I, I'm surprised that you haven't like you know, um, I don't know. Well. We can talk about that later, <laughs> I guess. But, I'm, you know, in a way, I mean, that's something that you can do that you, I'm sure, can do right now because of the pandemic. Have you been able to do more of that? I have done some cakes for some people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've sort of cheated with making a business out of it. But the truth is, yes, they are so time consuming. Mm, um, it's really, you know, I do it. Um, it's 
always a labor of love when I do it. Yes. So, uh, and I'm sure there are those professional bakers that don't take as long as I take to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I make everything from scratch. And then typically, whatever I'm making, I do some carving of the cake and to, uh, and then, you know, decorating, which I enjoy. But it takes me, you know, it's an all-day project, um, mm. just putting the cake together and decorating it. But, you know, I make the cake a couple of days ahead of time, and I make the frosting then. So um, I probably won't do it as a business because it's just so time-consuming, and I mm-hmm. think maybe it might take the fun out of it. So I will do it from people. You know, some people say, oh, can I, can I hire you to just do a cake? Oh, and I'll do it. Awesome. Sure, I will. But, okay. um, but yeah. not for a business. So full-time. Yeah. Not, not, not full-time. Yes, I, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. No, that that I totally understand. Because it is it is time consuming, like you said. And and you know, it takes the it take I think it would take the joy out of it, you know, when mm-hmm. it becomes more of a business and then it's not like, Oh, I wanna do this because it's inspiring you to do something for someone who you know. Yeah. You know, and, and what they like. So yeah, and, what and else, I always I'm thought, sorry. you know, my kids go off to school that I would probably stop making their cakes. But you know, I found last year my oldest one was a freshman, and I and I I couldn't stop. I couldn't send him the cakes, but he was not <laughs> home for his you know, his birthday. So and then oh. this year again, I felt like you know he'd say, "Oh, you don't need to send me a cake. I'll be home in November. Or you could just." But but that's I good. did so, oh, and my young you. my younger ones, are, yeah, I, it, that's you know always fun just to figure out how I'm going to pack this puppy <laughs> up so it stays on one <laughs> one piece and gets there oh. overnight. <laughs> well, okay, was he surprised when he got it? Yeah, or did he know? Because mm-hmm. they don't know; they never know what um, they never know what theme I'm going to do. Oh, and the first great. year, he definitely didn't think I was going to do anything, and then this year, he told me not to do anything, so he just assumed I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and so, like I, I said, if so next year I won't do anything because you don't want it, right? He's like, no, 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 it's okay. You can do it next year, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, like, you know, he, I'm sure his friends would be like, ooh, my mom would never send me anything like that. <laughs> I was like, you know, so they're probably expecting a care package from you, Roberta, <laughs> every year. You know? That's really funny. That's great. That's a great way also, yeah. especially if they're stuck in, in the pandemic. It's something, yeah. something happy you know something to look forward to and we right. we need that now and then we need that nowadays i agree yeah so, exactly that's exactly. awesome um okay and so all right so when do you where do you see yourself in five years and is there anything you haven't done you would like to do um there's a lot question. of things <laughs> what is there yeah, something you, you haven't know, I, I mean is there something you've thought of doing but A, never had the time, or B, didn't think that you wanted to do it or could do it. So that's basically the question I'm, I'm asking. So, I, I mean, in my younger years, I've always had like a five-year plan. Uh, oh, wow. But has I, well, I mean, not in nothing formal, but mm-hmm. always in my mind where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. But uh, I kind of don't think like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like, you know, live for the moment, which is hard for a planner like me. Mm. But I still don't think, like, what do I personally want to do? Maybe because my kids are so, you know, are older and, like, this is such an important time for them of what they're doing and how they're trying to figure out their lives and whatnot. But also I just feel like I just, just enjoy things. Mm. Um, in terms of work, I, I don't know 
necessarily what else I'd want to do. I mean, there surely are other things. I mean, if I had to do it again, I, I would have gone to medical school. I think the pandemic really drove it home for me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends in the medical field and I felt helpless. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wish I had gone to med school. And, you know, one of my, my girlfriends said, well, you could still go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I can't. I have one in college <laughs> and one going off to college in two years. And I cannot put myself in med school right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that there's so many places you'd love to travel. So, uh, well, you know, in five years, my husband's definitely thinking that line, you know, the mm-hmm. kids my youngest will be graduating school, and so then we'll kind of be free. Right, right. <laughs> you know, free unless they're oh. boomerangs and they come home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I know. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be awesome. Yeah, if you can, that would be great, you know, to be able to travel yeah. again. And, yeah, I think a lot of people are hoping the same thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. What do you hope from Moms for Moms? in the future? Um, well, I hope that we're able to shed some light on the organization a bit more, get the word out some more. Um, in the next couple of years, we hope to expand Mom for Mom to Boston because uh, that's where um, Danielle founder is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the need is so, so great everywhere. So, you know, hopefully that will, you know, in a couple of years, we'll go to Boston. A few years after that, we can expand to other cities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it would be really great to just have the awareness and, and people understand what we're doing and, you know, what who we're serving. Um, I could share a story with you not too long ago. I was speaking to a friend with, that I hadn't spoken to in, I don't know, seven years or so. And she's like, oh, I see you're doing this. Mom's from mom, blah, blah. And she said... Um, do you know what you really need to be doing? You really need to be teaching these women about birth control. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's really something. There's such a misconception about what this is all about because, like I said, these women are often victims of domestic abuse and rape. Yes. And it's not necessarily about birth control, right? right. So that, you know, people or women are going out and getting pregnant and then, you know, like this is, you know, a joyride. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that we we um, continue to educate the public um, about what these women are going through, um, and you know, hopefully get them engaged and you know help out more. Yeah, so that would be great. And how would the um, how would anyone, if they wanted to get involved, how would they um, how could they do that? Um, well, if they have the bandwidth uh, or the means. We are always looking for help. They could go to um, Moms for Moms, New York City, NYC.org, mm-hmm. um, and give us a hand. We have a list of items that we use in our care pa- packages um, that they could send us, so they could send monetary um, donations. That's also helpful where we could go out and buy uh, what we need to fill the bags. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to help spread the word by uh, word of mouth and social media. So if they could follow us on Instagram and Facebook, that would be great and tell their friends and family about us. That would be wonderful. You know, just any way of of spreading the word and helping us out that way to to increase awareness and, um, you know, help us move forward. That's awesome. Thank you. And so if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? Um, 
Well, I think I would tell my younger self, and I think of this often. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my kids all the time, it's important to have choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, because they'll say, well, you know, I'll do this because this is available. And I say, well, why don't you also do this? So then you're in the driver's seat and you have the choice of what you want to do and it's not determined for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I still am always saying that to them when we have discussions about they could do this or that or this or that. Um, so actually, I think it's really important to have choices and to, you know, make the best decision for yourself and for others around you because you have choices and not because you're stuck because that's the only choice. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would give myself that same advice um, mm-hmm. in my younger years. You know, right. like I said, I, I started in one field and um, I didn't really feel like... Um, you know, I was sort of uncertain about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did want to go to med school, but then I was like, oh, do I really want to go to med school? Am I saying this because I really want to go to med school? Am I saying this because I feel like I should go to med school? And mm-hmm. um, But I probably should have just gone for it and just then decided versus sort of backing out and saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, but had you done that, you know, you probably wouldn't have, or, you know, it might have taken you longer to get to where you are now. You know, I, you never know. You'll never know. But, you know, where you are is where you are, where, where you want to be, you know, helping people out, helping moms out, which I think is so right. important. And Right. I think, I think you know, my path basically has ended in the same, <laughs> same mm. spot as helping people, right? And helping yeah. women. So I think, yes. you know, I don't, you know, it's not really a regret. It's just something that I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I'm interested in, you know, okay. so. Well. Well, you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows what what the future holds for you, right? So, exactly, exactly. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners in terms of moms um, for moms? I would just say, come help us, come mm-hmm. join us, um, do what you can do. We appreciate any and all support. So whether it's volunteering, whether it's donations, in kind or monetary. We love all support, and um, like I said, it's help us spread the word through social media. That would be um, awesome as well. Great. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and, and talking about Moms for Moms. I would love it if you well, can come back. Thank you for back. having me. Oh, of course. I yeah. would love it if you can come back you know, in a couple of months and tell us how it's going after the pandemic is hopefully over, you know, and over. then how it's going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I would um, love to, sure. Thank you, and uh, we'll chat again. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Have a good good one. Thanks, you too. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Roberta Perino Clinton on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note, I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>